Kalimera, Kalispera, Kalinikta, no matter where in this wild, wacky and sometimes wonderful world you might be. Thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. We are back. We've had a mini break. We may have another one down the road. But we've got legends in the house tonight. Don't say I don't do nice things for you. Here we go. It's Monday Madness. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Are back already. First show back, Super Kevin Campbell back in the house. My podcast brother from another mother. Welcome back to Squad Central. Squaddies, good to see you back at ease. And let's get going because we got a proper guy down here. Or should I say, yeah, proper guy. <laughs> let's just say. We um we've been off for a couple of weeks and we're back with a bang. And let me say it's July 4 here in glorious United States where I live. Of course, you squaddies know this. So who better to join us ahead of the Arsenal's tour of these Grand United States than a US men's national team legend himself? He'll be covering the Women's World Cup for Fox Soccer, Alexi Lalas. Welcome. Wow. Well, that's awesome. You you read it exactly as I wrote it. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. My goodness. This is this is awesome. You owe us 50 bucks, okay? <laughs> All right. I, or or euros or pounds or whatever whatever it is now, right? Whatever the kids are asking for these days yeah. in digital or notes or whatever is. Super Kev, welcome back as well. And look, Alexi, you and Alexi have crossed paths. Tell me. Way back. Way way back. When uh, we're teenagers, weren't we, Alexi? Yeah, we were, basically. We were young lads. Basically. We were young lads, and Alexi came to Arsenal on trial, and we got along. I've got to say, we got along. Very good player. And uh, obviously, didn't quite work out at Arsenal at the time, but always fantastic to see Alexi have a, a really good career and do so well in football. Because I can honestly say, even then, one of football's good guys. Oh, that's that's very so, kind. Of, that's very kind of you. My goodness. Yeah, it's it seems like yesterday, but it's been decades and decades and decades. Uh, the uh, so, so she want me to want me to let you know how this all came about. Yes, we do. So so this would have been oh god, um, this would have been like November December of 1992 ish, and I got in contact with um, Bob McNabb, who was a former outside back for uh, for Arsenal, and. I flew out to LA where he was living and he kind of ran me through the paces. At that point I had played in the 92 Olympics and I had done some things collegiately, but I wasn't, you know, anything, anything to, you know, to, to write home about. And so he ran me through my paces and then I, I guess I did enough to live up to his blessing. And I got on a plane and I went out to, uh, to England to trial with, uh, with Arsenal. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget the experience because, um, you know, every day going to uh, like London Colney and, and that kind of stuff. And it was freezing cold and it was ice on the ground. <laughs> and, you know, Kev and Tony Adams and, and uh, Paul Merson and these types of uh, Ian Wright. I'll never forget also that. Um, who was it? Uh, so first off, we, we ran the steps of Highbury once. And I'll never forget being behind Tony Adams <laughs> and watching him run the steps of Highbury. 
and thinking to myself, how in God's green earth is this guy a legendary center back? He's he's tripping up the stairs. I mean, if we if we hadn't been in Highbury and been on a team here in a team setting, there's not a chance in hell that you would have looked at what this guy was doing trying to get up these uh, these stands and th and thought this is a professional athlete. So I couldn't believe this. Uh, my mind was blown. And then the other thing was, uh, Tony uh, and Ian. And uh, Paul, at one point, were picking me up at my hotel and taking me to training. And after training, one day they said, hey, we got to go to this place. And it, I don't remember the name of the place, but it was kind of like this Bennigan's Chi-Chi type of thing, <laughs> right? And they were enamored <laughs> with the potato skins. <laughs> They uh, the harvest uh, was it was it not um TGI Fridays? Right. It was something like that. Yeah, and they just I'm sure it was. Oh my god, they could not get enough of the potato skin. So at one point I'm sitting in London at a bar for a TGI Fridays drinking beer and 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 having potato skins with these arsenal guys and my 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 life was surreal like i've said it didn't work out from a trial perspective i spent christmas day alone in my hotel room 1992 uh and uh and and ultimately it worked out okay later on you know with the world cup and everything like that but i'll never forget it, it was wonderful and Kev, you were so you were so nice to me. Everybody was really, really nice to me. It was it was cool. And, you know, I was this American kid and, you know, coming over and, you know, they didn't quite know what to make of me. But it was uh, it was a really cool experience. And I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I did it ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. And you know what? You definitely made it when you've played in a World Cup against Brazil. And um, that 94 World Cup, definitely really memorable. Although that uniform does not look very U.S. men's national team esque. Uh, Alexia. First, I was like, "Is that Sheff was he playing for Sheffield United at that point?" You know, but then you recognize the Brazilian, and you're like, "Nah, it's definitely not Sheffield United." Yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, uh, here we're this is we're recording this, and or you know, we're doing this on July 3rd. Tomorrow's July 4th, our Independence Day. That game against Brazil was actually on July 4th back in 1994. And uh, look, if you're gonna go out of a World <laughs> Cup and and lose a game in a World Cup, you know, losing to Brazil, the the eventual champions. Uh, that that's okay, but it was a fun it was a fun day for soccer. It was a fun day for uh, for America. And again, it just seems like yesterday. I mean, it was a lot of hair ago. Yeah, hey, you, you guys you guys done well that World Cup. You guys done well. Made a it good account. It was fun. It was yeah. very cool. Really good. Great World Cup. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Arsenal in uh, America. And uh, you know, of course, I'm always excited when the tours come to the U.S. Alexi, we've seen the game grow exponentially here in the United States. A lot of that has to do, of course, with all the different leagues that are covered and the growth of MLS. I keep telling these kids here as much as I can. Uh, about the league, about the growth, about some of the great players that have come to play, but also how now there's this sustainability to the league. You know, we're looking at all of these amazing cities like Nashville. Um, and we're looking at uh, LAFC. We're looking at all of these hubs and these communities and cultures that are growing without the Zlatans and the Beckhams of the world. With that said, um, Arsenal are coming. They are playing in the All-Star game. Can you let our listeners know a little bit what it means to the game here for a club like Arsenal to come to the U.S.? Yeah, so the the, the MLS All-Star game, like a lot of All-Star games when it comes to American sports, are celebrations of the league, uh, celebrations of the quality of player that you have. Um, and just a moment to kind of sit back, relax, have a, a have a good time. And like I said, um, you know, celebrate what you have done. Now they've they've taken on an added component of competition 
when it comes to Major League Soccer. And as you mentioned, this constant compare and contrast and competition with other leagues around the world. Now, we, the, the EPL right now is, you know, kind of the NFL, uh, if you will, when it comes to, when it comes to soccer. And so the opportunity and uh, the desire to use these MLS games to showcase the talent that MLS has, but also to make sure that you're getting somebody competitive. There's a certain element that MLS teams, and these are all-star teams, so they're just coming together a couple days before. They have nothing necessarily to gain because if they win, well, the team's in preseason. And if they lose, well, it shows the disparity between, between leagues. Nonetheless, it's still a fun environment and there are things to take out of it. And if you are an MLS player, you're constantly being told that you play in an inferior league. And so this opportunity to kind of strut your stuff and against you know one of the great teams in the world, and obviously what has happened recently, over time it's one of the great teams, but certainly what's happened recently with Arsenal, when they announced that Arsenal was going to be the opponent in this year's MLS All-Star game, given what Arsenal is right now here in 2023, bam, that's going to sell a lot of tickets. That's going to bring a lot of eyeballs. And that's the type of of opponent that you want in an all-star game because it can't just all be about you know doing tricks and playing the ball around there's a real competitive vibe now to this all-star game especially because it features one of the great teams in the world mm. especially um alexi with some of the new signings that arsenal have already made and going to make i think that adds a little bit of a uh, salsa hot salsa <laughs> right. I mean, well, you guys know that there is, you know, MLS's problem, for lack of a better word, isn't that there aren't enough uh, soccer fans in the United States. There's not enough MLS fans. There's soccer fans all over the place and they have their affiliations. Oftentimes it's, you know, it could be Liga MX. Obviously, there's a tremendous amount of support when it comes to the EPL and in particular when it comes when it comes to Arsenal. So the Arsenal fans that are here in the United States are going to want to go and see their team, especially in the context of what is happening right now and with the changes that are being made and the new players, the new signings, because it was it was so close last year and ultimately they didn't have enough juice to kind of get them over the line. And so a lot of these signings in normal times would be would be interesting and be exciting. But now I think Arsenal fans, I don't want to speak for you guys or anything, but I think that they look at this as, is this the missing piece? Is this what get, gets us over the edge? Is this what enables us to compete all the way to the end against the likes of a man uh, of a man city? Because it just ran out of juice ultimately. And I'm sure you guys have a much better idea exactly of what Arsenal need. But some of these names in terms of uh, the quality that's coming in, maybe that's the player that gets you over the hump because God forbid you backtrack. God forbid Arteta and company don't find <laughs> don't find a way to build on this incredible success. And let's be honest, they the world kind of turned their attention to Arsenal once again, maybe maybe for the most for the for, not for the first time, but for in in the amount uh, and in the positivity that we haven't seen for a long time, even probably you know back 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 when you were yeah. running around. So that's a good thing. That is a that is a good thing for Arsenal. But they just oh, can't again. afford to let this opportunity and this platform get away. And so far, some of these signings, yeah, this is this is exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Um, I mean, who'd have thought we'd be excited about Kai Havertz joining Arsenal somehow? I'm, I'm, he, I tell you, he's good at PR. He's convinced me. Uh, Timber um, coming in and Declan Rice. It's been a great window so far. However, are you, are you not having Kai Havertz? What? I wasn't before, but I am. Yes, I'm hundred <laughs> percent. I'm on board. I'm, I'm sold. I, I was, you know, 
I think the Chelsea thing a little bit, Alexi, at the beginning, you know, PTSD, Willian, I think is the one that really caused uh, all of yeah. the PTSD, but I'm fine. I've leveled out. I've leveled out. Where, know? where, where is, uh, where's the consensus now as to where he's going to play? Because you know, I, 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 I don't like him, you know, up 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 top. I like him much more withdrawn. I think that's where he does his best work. Is that the what what uh, people think is going to happen here? Super I think Zaka spot. Okay. I think that attacking eight, because of the way Arsenal play and the way Arsenal dominate the ball, he's going to be further forward, but he does not going to be with his back to goal. He's going to be around the edge of the box, just outside, being able to play. And because Arsenal dominate the ball, I think he's going to get quite a bit of opportunities to score in this Arsenal mm -hmm. side. Yeah, I, to your point, I, I think that he would look at this, the type of player he has played. And look, we've covered him and, and watched him since the since the Bundesliga. And there's a, for lack of a better word, there's a there's a laziness about the way in which he plays. And it's it's off-putting. And it's really not fair because that's not necessarily who he is. What it really ends up being is that there's a, a gracefulness and a, mm -hmm it seems that without much effort he is able to do things and sometimes like i said it can it can look like laziness but to your point about having the ball i would you know i, I mean I, if i'm him i'm excited because i'm going to a team that is going to have lots of the ball i'll be able to do things from an attacking perspective that as strange as it says as it sounds i haven't been able to do at chelsea one, you know yeah. previously one of the great teams in the world so i, I think that's a i think it's a really good uh, really good signing for him. And, you know, you mentioned Declan. I mean, that just right there in the middle already, I think, upgrades what they have in, in the midfield and and a leadership part, which you, sometimes you can't quantify. Uh, and it's not always, always about kicking the ball. But man, oh, man, it's going to be fun to see them. Uh, and, and, you know, these are embarrassment of riches and these are champagne problems, if you will, when it comes to Arteta as to who ultimately is in that 11. But that's what you want. If you're going to be one of the best teams in the world and just look up what Man City is doing, the depth that they have and therefore the decisions that they have to make and some world-class players that they have to sit on the bench, that's that's a good thing to have. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, pinch me kind of a little bit because, I mean, we've had really good windows. I was excited with the Ramsdale, Benjamin White, Tomiyasu window and I was excited with Zinchenko and Jesus and then Trossard in January. And uh, I just, uh, I've been really enjoying all of the Arsenal fans who have had to delete their Adu out <laughs> tweets. And <laughs> Alexi knows he's been a GM. Oh, he, yeah. he bought, he, in fact, he's been a GM to the point where he, you know, he was part of uh, a deal that changed football here forever. I mean, he had a little bit more, oh, he still had a lot, a lot of hair there. Oh my um, God, yes, yeah. But, Alexi, I mean, look, it doesn't take a, a genius, is... by the way. It doesn't take a genius to sign David Beckham. I mean, it just it takes a lot of money. So. <laughs> well done, Alexi. Um, but seriously, one of the things that Arsenal fans are notorious for, and I've seen it with Manchester United fans actually this season because of, you know, the sale, they're starting to throw the toys out of the pram and rightly so be really worried and concerned. But it is not easy being in this position at this moment. On the business side of things, Alexi, give us a pins, please. About what? I don't understand. About, about 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 what it takes to sign a player and how difficult it is, and that it just doesn't all happen overnight. You know, it, targets. You, you you have your targets, don't right. you? And then you've got to go for your targets, and you're not the only game in town. There's other people. 
Yeah, and and also, I mean, the inflated price uh, when it comes to England. And look, you're you're a victim of your own success to a certain extent, both in terms of the EPL and in particular when it comes to Arsenal, because people are going to hold out and therefore they are going to want more. And the inflation that you have when it comes to uh, the uh, uh, to some of the prices where a, a player going to England is going to be X amount plus as opposed to going to the continent or, or someplace else. And so you have to weigh all of that. I mean, we're looking right now from a, a U.S. perspective right now at, for example, a deal that involves Christian Pulisic. And it's one thing to have personal terms sorted out. And the whole other part of it is actually getting the uh, the transfer fee and what is fair. And when I say fair, it's not fair necessarily, necessarily relative to what that player was bought or sold for previously. It's relative to 2023 and what the reality is right now. So, you know, Chelsea offloading a bunch of players, uh, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you're Kai Havertz or something like that, or if you're Arsenal, you actually benefit from the mismanagement and the dysfunction over there in Chelsea. And so you can kind of pick and choose and get some, uh, get some good deals. Now, you're still going to spend a lot of money. You just look at Declan in terms of the record price, but there's also a cachet for someone like that because that would be seen from a player perspective as a step up to one of the great teams in the world and uh, and all of that cachet and that credibility that comes with uh, with doing that. And then you get into the the stuff that doesn't necessarily always make the, uh, the the headlines is, you know, the relationship that you have with the player and the agent and the history that you have with the agent, the family that gets involved. Uh, the, the times the dysfunction and the promises that have to be made that sometimes have nothing to do with soccer in order to make sure that these players are comfortable. I mean, we we focus so much on that 90 minutes, which is ultimately what they are paid for. But that other 22 and a half hours and making sure that the environment is good, both from a club perspective and from a player perspective, you got to really look at the situation and not just go just because it's the most money doesn't necessarily mean it's the it's the best place for you to go. You have to make sure that in that 90 minutes, you are at a place where you're going to play. Uh, and in that other 22 and a half hours, you're at a place where you and your partner, your family, your kids are comfortable. And whether it's doctors or schools or language, all of these different things come into play, especially now that the game is so global. And in particular, the EPL with the influx of international players, making sure that they are comfortable and that they are the right fit for what's going on. And, you know, Arteta talks about identity and creating a, uh, you know, a spirit and, a, and a, a team philosophy and all that kind of stuff. Well, part of that is saying he's a good player, but he's not necessarily an Arsenal player. Yeah. But that guy's an Arsenal player. <laughs> <laughs> he's an Arsenal player. You're right. <laughs> I was trying to tell the kids and translate the energy that uh, was felt when Balogun came and played in the Nations League. Um mm -hmm. Uh, in in the presser, he was he was uh, teamed up with uh, Eunice um, Alexi in, on that first day, and he made him feel really super relaxed. But my God, Balogun is kind of intimidating, and he's got a presence, and he got his goal. And Arsenal fans really love him, and a lot of fans think that he deserves a shot the same way Eddie. Uh, deserved a shot. But as you said, and Kev said, we've got to be ruthless this summer and money talks. And clearly he's a huge asset uh, that we can sell. What's the word on the street um, here in terms of Balogun and um, clearly 2026 and having this guy is massive for the US? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's fundamentally changed the way the U.S. setup looks because now for a number of years, I mean, the last time that we had a true striker number nine type of player was, you know, your Josie Altador era. Uh, and before that, Brian McBride and, and and it goes on. And we've had them in the past. And, and you know, Kevin, these, these are these are players that the other team has to game plan for. These are players that can put the fear of God into the opposition. And the U.S., even at the World Cup six months ago, we didn't have somebody up top. And it really hurt us. And whether it's the the you know the confidence that comes from going on the field and knowing that you have someone, you know, an, an Ian Wright, for example, that mm -hmm. he's going to score. I mean, as a defender, the, the best possible position to be in is when you walk on the field and you know you're already winning one, one nothing, right? Because you know that guy up there, by hook or by crook, he is going to find a way to score. That's an incredible advantage to have as a team. Now, I don't know yet if, if Balogun is going to be that guy for the U.S. team, but he's certainly an upgrade. He is certainly, uh, and, and it's early days, so he's only played twice for the, for the U.S., but given his pedigree and given what he has done, and we extrapolate it out, and that doesn't always happen, but if we do that, this, this looks good for the future. And he's already kind of, Lit a, lit a fire under other guys that have been around. We see Jesus Ferrer right now in the Gold mm -hmm. Cup, and he's he's down on the pecking order, but he's scoring goals because they know that Balogun's in town. There is a new sheriff right now, mm -hmm. and it's it's his to lose. And I hope that Balogun, like anybody else, would recognize the opportunity and take it with both with both hands. So listen, we'll we'll, we'll take him because uh, he's an American and he scores <laughs> goals, and he's got that American passport. And thankfully, he had he had different options and. You know, he went to the greatest country in the world. So, <laughs> Kev, how much is how much for Balogun? I've heard, you know, there was I got stuck into this debate online because some folks were saying thirty-five, and to me, I felt like, wow, that seems so cheap after all the Aussie squad league. And I and I don't want to hear the Farmers League argument either. That's just absolutely bogus. Thirty-five to me seems cheap, yet not for some. I think there has to be some realism. We know that it could be anywhere between 30 and 50. It's just whoever's going to go for him, what are they willing to pay so? Because you know what? I'd much rather start at 50 and then they try and chip me down. Not start at 30 and then try and get them up. But if the starting block is 30, which I think Arsenal put out 30, didn't they? That means a few clubs will come in. So they will try and battle to get him, I'm sure. And the fee will go up. Again, I'm not I'm not so sure if Mikel Arteta doesn't want to keep him. I, I think he would want him around the squad. Mm. But Balogun, being hungry, I think he wants to play. He wants to prove himself. He, he's had a great season last season, scored over 20 goals. He wants to make sure it wasn't a fluke. He wants to show people, no matter what club I go to, I can score goals. And he's confident like that, which is great. So, again, Sophie, I'll take 50 with a buyback if you don't mind. But if it was 30, I'll still take a buyback. But, it, you know. Because the interest seems to be coming from Italy mostly. And like Pulisic, I'm like, if AC Milan end up getting Pulisic for 14 million, are you? joking that's like the deal of the century I, I mean 
I just, I just can't even imagine that. How long has he got left on his contract? One year. He's got one year left. Oh, he's got one so year. Okay, that, fine. I thought it was two. The reason, yeah. Right. And 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 you know what? The Italian teams are crying. Oh, we ain't got no money. You saw what <laughs> Jose Mourinho wanted to do with Xhaka. Do you remember last season? Yeah. He offered thirteen million, Lexi, and then he turned, come back and said, "We give you nine. Get out of it, you know. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're crying. They ain't got no money. They've got money. They do. They've got money. Um, I want to get uh, Lexi's take also on Matt Turner here. He's really ingrained himself. Arsenal fans have a huge amount of respect for Matt Turner. He's he seems to have elevated his reputation, no doubt. He didn't get to play as much when I asked him during Nations League. He felt like he. Every, like every goalkeeper or every player deserves to play more, but he definitely felt like he earned the right to play a little bit more. I got the sense that not that he would leave, but he feels like after the year under Arteta, he's got so much gratitude for him as well, Alexi, that he feels he could be a starter. Um, Matt Turner, do you see him staying with us long-term or do you see him getting that itch to be like the number one guy? Well, first off, I think our Arsenal fans have quickly discovered what we have known for now a, a number of years in that just as a person, this is this is one of the great people that you will meet. And if you ever get a chance mm -hmm. to spend any time with him, and by the way, if, if you ever get a chance uh, to hear his story about how he comes to be uh, playing you know, for Arsenal right now, it's just an amazing American success story, given where he uh, given where he came from, he is absolutely the number one uh, when it comes to this uh, U.S. men's national team. But it's interesting because if you look at someone like Zach Steffen, uh, and for those that don't know, mm -hmm. he uh, went over from uh, from the U.S. to Man City and sat on the bench for a long time and recognized that while the experience is nice, ultimately you want to play like any player, and, and we all understand that. And it's this 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 catch 22 sometimes that uh, that players have of being at a big club and training day in and out day in and day out sometimes against some of the great players in the world but not getting that payoff of playing and every player wants to play including including Matt and so i think i think in the next couple of years he's going to come to that point that Zach Steffen came and said it's either fish or cut bait either i do have you know he may believe that he he has uh done enough to to compete for that starting position but ultimately, it's coming down to Arteta, and if 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 he if he believes that no, nah, it's not going to happen, he's got to go someplace else. And I think I think Arteta would be the first person to understand that. But he has to do what's best for Arsenal, and for Arsenal, having a guy like Matt Turner as your backup that is huge because if and when you need him, you know the quality that you have, uh, and that's also what would make him valuable if he were to go out. And either on loan or to uh, or or to or to move on. But I think he's to your point. I think he's really um, gracious and uh, really more maybe more so than anybody doesn't take any of this for granted because he, he never mm -hmm. dreamed necessarily that this would happen. And so every single day, whether it's the way he trains or just the way that he comports himself, is is just fun. And you root for him. I I, I root for him. even if I wasn't an American and he wasn't the the U.S. Uh, goalkeeper. I'd still root for this guy to get that moment because I think he's that good. And I like when good things happen to good people. Yeah, I totally agree. He's definitely one of the the good guys. Got a very good sense of humor as well. And I oh, love yeah. that having him part of uh, the Arsenal setup as well. Okay, Alexi, we're going to get you out on a couple of these. Okay. Um, have to ask you, is it going to be um, 
let's see i would love to like you know <laughs> knock that little i mean i love alex i adore her completely but yeah don't didn't like that celebration much will it be russo's tournament and the lionesses will it be the us how amazing would it be to have a us versus england world cup final no disrespect to everybody else but that's the one i want who's right. got it who's, yeah who's okay got, so who's got it so remind me again. Um, so England, England did qualify for the Women's World Cup, right? <laughs> you guys are going to be there, right? Um, uh, you're defending European champions, yes. Right. I mean, you you do know, uh, and and you would know, given your history of expansion and everything like that, that the the world is much bigger than just actually Europe, right? Um, you, you understand that. And so while it's all fine and well to be European <laughs> champions. Um, call us when you're world champions, all right? Let alone world champions twice in a row going for an unprecedented third world championship when it comes to winning a World Cup. Never been done, men's or women's. Yeah, I'm talking about our great U.S. women's national team. I'm leaving in like a week and a half for uh, for Sydney. Can't wait to uh, get down there. I, I will say this. Uh, women's soccer and soccer is better because of what England is doing and not just the national team, but the money that is being put into the game and not because it's a charity or just, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do because there's good business behind it. And uh, people love money. And if there is money to be made and it furthers the game when it comes to the, uh, the women's side and in, in totality, I am all for that. I am really looking forward because I know very well that England are there licking their chops and they would love nothing more than to be champions of the world, but also to do it at the expense of Alex Morgan and company. And so bring it on. But, you know, you 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 come for us. You best not miss. All right. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to be ready. <laughs> we're going to be so ready. I love it. I love how you never back down. This is amazing. It's uh, Listen, um, Tom Canton from the Guna Talk TV also joining us right now, Mr. Tom Canton. Me, I wanted to introduce you to Alexi Lalas, the legend Alexi hey, Tom. Lalas. How are we doing? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Tom where is where are you coming court. from? Chicago? Is that what that is? Was that what it says? Where are you? Uh, I was in Chicago recently, oh, okay. um, right. but I'm based in just south of London. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's All right. Uh, he's very popular with the Arsenal America folks, so they just keep sending him scarves. He's got a collection yeah. back there. So so, yeah. what, so before I leave you guys, just so I I know and you know I I I talk I'm about not letting you go. Yeah, go okay, on. Okay, okay, but but uh, but I need to know. Getting back to the Arsenal thing, what is the general consensus as to? Not just what, not what the expectations are, but if we had to go to Vegas right now and put all of our money on where you're going to finish, given what happened last year, is it right about the same place? Or do you think there's going to be, dare I say, a regression? Or do you think, ah, I mean, does it, does it end up happening where you finally have the talent and depth to continue on and, uh, you know, reach the holy grail there? So Alexi's channeling his State of the Union podcast Alexi, that's here. The plan. Go on, Kev. <laughs> no messing around. That's the plan. After what happened last season, yeah, we ran out a bit of juice. The squad was nowhere near as deep as it should be. So if you're a progressive club, what do you do? You go and correct the mistakes. You go and fix what wasn't there before. And if you can make the, the first 11 better, then that's what you do. So you've got to crank up for another go at Man City. Man City have lost a couple of players, so they might not be at that top level. So you have to be ready. Any team who finishes above City wins it, and Arsenal can win it if they make the right additions.
Wow. Well, what I hear you saying is that you need to bring back Flo. You need to bring back Flo Balagun, <laughs> all right? And he will take you to the promised land. When you when you want something done and you want something done right, get an American. And by the way, an American that was part of Arsenal, all right? That you had. You had him at Arsenal. Hey, by the way, you had him at England and you let him go. Don't let this guy go. This man can be the star that brings you back to the promised land. This is the missing piece right now. I, I don't know what's worse. Agent. I don't know what's worse, letting Alexi on the show and giving us the American spiel here, or Kevin Campbell's son Kyle giving us the Manchester City spiel on our total football show on Thursday. I don't know which one's worse. I don't know. I, 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 They're both as bad. Up. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, Tom, would, why don't you answer Alexi's question? I'd love to give Alexi your take on uh, on what you think. The expectations are expectation or flow well both oh. why don't you like to yeah give him give it go on well uh, you know as i say every single competition next season who are the favorites for those competitions manchester city they're the favorite for every single competition they go in so for me the aim of arsenal is always win 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 you have to win that's the aim expectation is kind of a different word you know and the expectation is to you know to try and and progress as a club the aim should always be to win but when you go into every competition and you are not top dog i can't say that my expectation is that we have to win that competition should aim to win it absolutely but it's like saying that the minimum expectation for people is to overachieve which i just think when you measure in terms of sport overachievement you know is not something that's sustainable unfortunately uh, it's just the world that we live in so the aim is to win, absolutely. The expectation has to be progressing. So we have to try and better combat with, with Man City than we did last season. We have to not fall away like we did. And we have to try and aim to go and get a trophy at the end of the season because this team and this manager can't come away with nothing because it's too good to do that. So we have to aim at trying to win something. On flow, you know, I I hope he stays because what a talent the kid is. You know, I hope that he stays. Um, and... You know, in those press conferences with Mikel Arteta, if the question of if he does go, if the question isn't asked as to why a player can go away and be that successful and yet still leave, what kind of example does that set for any future loanee you send out? I don't know. So for me, you have to show the pathway. You have to show that the, a successful loan is rewarded with a pathway into the senior side. And I would love to see him stay at the club next season. Very well said. Totally agree. If Eddie can be given a chance, then Flo deserves a chance as well. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, Mr. Alexi Lalas, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on this show. Um, do you promise to come back? Oh, my goodness. You... I had so much fun. I, I, I enjoy talking to you. It was great to see that you all. And, you know, listen, I know I bust your chops about different things, but we have this incredible history. We have this incredible connection. And, uh, you know, whether it's on or off the field, um, you know, I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s and the influence of England, uh, the influence of, you know, the EPL uh, then became the EPL. Um, on me, you know, growing up in my suburban existence in Detroit, you know, with uh, you know, MTV and bubble yum and 7-Eleven Slurpees and stuff like that. And then it was English. It was the teams. It was the aesthetic. Uh, it was television. It was all of this stuff. And so I was immersed in all of that. And, and it was it was kind of far away, 
but nowadays it's it's right here and it's and it's with us and that we can share all of this and we can debate and we can like i said bust each other's chops about different stuff and compete by the way on the field it uh it, it brings the world closer and makes it a little bit smaller when it comes to uh the game that we all know and love and so what you're doing is is great and uh my best to uh all of you and to all the folks out there that uh that tune in on a consistent basis and thank you for letting me babble on here oh man Alexi, thank you so much. I'm going to let Kev have the last word with you, but thanks so much on my behalf. And well, I'll see you at the Rose Bowl tomorrow. You're going to be at the game. I am working the Gold Cup. Uh, I will be watching the game. Oh, I wish I was there. You know, I'm, I wish okay. I was anywhere. It's it's July 4th, so it's a it's a day that we you know like to party. So I I have to go to work. Hell, I'd like to be with Kev over there. He's, he looks like he's got a nice wine collection <laughs> there behind him. So we could open one of those uh, nice bottles on the on the wall if you over could there. Open one, you'd be a magician because they're all empty. <laughs> Are they really? <laughs> well, you know what? My goodness. <laughs> Listen, Alexi. All I will say is it. Like I've said earlier on, I'm not sure if Tom heard. Meeting you back then in '92, it was it was great to meet you. you. You knew then you was one of the good guys in football. It is so such a pleasure to see you do so well in your career, in, in your management, in your it, it, it behind the scenes, uh, in your recruitment, and now you're one of the leading lights behind you, the friend. camera. That's and, very kind. Uh, That's very so kind of you. I'm sure. You will come back on and uh, bless us with your presence again. And what we always do, we do a salute to you as uh, we're the the hybrid squad. So we salute you. Right back. And you look after yourself. Right back at you. All right. All right. Here's here's to finishing first next year with Balogun leading the way. There you go. There you go. We'll have that. We'll have that, Alexi. Cheers. See you, Alexi. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. Say hi to Carly for me. I will. I will. All right. Okay. Alexi Lass, absolute legend. Thank you to him for coming on. Brilliant stuff. Tom Canton, I told you I'd bring you in the midst of the chaos. It's, yeah, it seemed like <laughs> it was it is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, well, We're Tom? great. Absolutely brilliant. Here we are. It is that time. We're back with Mr. Tom Canton for some of this, of course. Yes. It is uh, spend, stick, or sell. A lot's happened since we haven't been here the last time. God, Kev, what did you make of Arsenal's transfer window so far? I'm out. <laughs> Do you know what, Soph? I've got to be honest with you. Am I surprised? Yes, I'm surprised. I am very surprised. But am I proud? I am very proud of how the club are moving. Get the players in that you want. You've had time to assess the back end of last season. Look at what you need. And the first one is a surprise, Havertz. He surprised me, but I got what Mikel Arteta wanted. He's not, he's not looking at Havertz in Chelsea's team. He's looking at what Havertz can bring to Arsenal. And I, I, I think I mentioned it last season. That eight position, if we're really critical against the top teams, that eight position where Jack was, and Jack had a fantastic season. And so he shut me up so many times last season. But if we're critical, we could be better in that position against the top teams. We weren't progressive enough. We weren't electric enough. Um, and we, we didn't have that killer instinct enough when it really mattered. So probably that's why he's going for Havertz in there. And I've got to say, Timber, I love that signing. But the one, the, 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 the big one was beating Man City to Declan Rice. 
That is the massive one because I I looked on social media and I saw the meltdown of Arsenal fans. Now that City have made a bid, we've got no chance. He's going to choose City. Blah, 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 blah. Arsenal and Edu, Mikel, they've Richard Garlic, Vinay, who have been in for some stick, a lot of stick. We've got to hold our hands up, take our hat off. They got the moves right. The first bid, the second bid, and then the boom to blow City out the water. There you go. Edu's enjoying the lardy da cooking the meat. Might be from last season, on, but I don't care. Barbie. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love that. But do you know what? All this before July. Amazing. Amazing work. Super Tom Canton. Um, you are up at the crack of crack every morning uh, covering these stories mm. as well. Uh, kept in touch with you a little bit while I was away. Uh, there was the the definite rice meltdown day, which was kind of epic. I was glad I was not around to be on Twitter that day. I just yeah. said, I turned it on and I was like, yep, no, where's that view again? Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. What a topsy-turvy ride it has been so far. But one this time that has not ended like a Greek tragedy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a reverse mudrick is what I'm calling it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you know, it's always a joy talking about transfers. It's one of my favorite times of year just because of how unpredictable and crazy. And, you know, it sparks a lot of discussion, which I love. I love debating with people about different topics and stuff. Um, and, uh, I think that how Arsenal approached this window is nigh on perfect. I think, you know, expectation at the beginning. I mean, maybe it's more than, than people were expecting. I, I certainly more than I thought. We were going to be doing did i guess Havertz would be coming in no did i think that we'd try and wrap the rice deal up quickly relatively but maybe not as aggressively as we ended up doing um or you know it's still not officially confirmed but i know there's been some people in the west Ham side of things trying to unsettle people today but as far as i'm concerned that's not the case so i wouldn't worry people um and then yuri and timber you know if 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 we had our midfield sorted and we didn't need Rice, and we had our attacking midfield sorted, and we didn't need Havertz, and the priority target for Arsenal this window was a defender. And you told me that Urien Timber was going to be that guy. I would have thought, wow, we are really motoring for some talent. Because for me, Urien Timber is one of the best in, you know, in the bracket of his of his age, one of the best examples of a defender that Arsenal could have gone for. And the Havertz and Rice deals have completely overshadowed it, naturally, um, because they're very high-profile moves. Do not get it twisted how impressive a player mm-hmm. and how good of a transfer this is for Arsenal. He's just ex- I-, I could not paint a better picture of what Arsenal could have gone for in terms of stylistically what they needed to bring in to back up Saliba and Ben White in both positions. Timber brings you both of those. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing uh, those three in pre-season. But uh, it, the, the question's now, what on earth are we doing next? So that's, <laughs> that's what's interesting. Okay, so let's stick on the, the incomings before we go to the where I think we should go next. Um, and maybe there's some rumblings happening, as I said, kind of really not been paying much attention but done enough to get ready for for today's show um timber mm. the, i can see already kev and and one of the great things that fans also start doing very early on is oh well you know timber gabrielle 
uh, Saliba, Zinchenko. Benjamin White is dropped already for next season, by the way, guys. I don't know if you have heard this news, but he has. So um, when you have such a strength, uh, you know, and depth that we've been wanting, Super Kev, immediately folks think that, you know, Benjamin White is going to be benched. Now, Declan Rice is probably the one that it starts immediately. Havertz, you don't spend that kind of money for him not to start immediately. Timber is definitely one that you could say, well, you're spending that, he'll start immediately, but one for the future as well. Talk me through that scenario a little bit, because immediately people are thinking that Benjamin's white future is, you know, locked in. Well, here's, here's one for everybody, what they probably haven't thought of. We might start playing a different system. <laughs> <laughs> we might start utilizing three center halves because Timber can play wing back. He can play as a center back. He can play right of, of, of a three. Tommy Arsu, the same. He can play either side. He can play the center backs, etc. But that then gives us a lot more flexibility in midfield. So, yeah, we, we have our 4-3-3, how we play, etc. But you know what? Going away in Europe, etc. might just help us to have three centre-halves. Three good centre-halves who are quick, who can cover the ground. But both full-backs can join in. Both full-backs are comfortable. And both full-backs can move inside, if need be, and be comfortable in the centre of the pitch. So we might see the manager start to tinker with his system a lot more. Mm. Are we talking in general, Kev, in Europe? In like this could be the, the Tom, what three and a halves? Is this is this kind of what you're thinking as well? Is this a possibility for for us across the board, or are we talking about just European football here? Um, I think what the transfers do is they give us options. You know, they give Arteta variation. There's a good argument we already play with three centre-backs because Inchenko, you know, offers so much mm. um, mm -hmm. going forwards that when we are moving, you know, into the offensive thirds, the team structures itself quite like a back three. Um, so it's not going to be a, a major tactical reshuffle if you wanted to set up i think people get very obsessed with kind of you know team sheets and Systems formational structures and yeah, yeah. yeah and, and what they look like on paper in reality a team's very fluid especially under arteta and uh, you know his teams like water they just there's so much movement and variation and understanding remember that clip famously in all or nothing where arteta got them to look at two lineups and memorize them mm -hmm. and they could memorize one but most of them didn't really get the second one in the time that they were given and you know, the first one was how they are in one uh, kind of game phase. state and the other formation. In one phase yeah. And, then, yeah. and they couldn't remember the other one. And the point is, he's now taught them to learn that. It was a key thing is they had to understand where each other are on the field during different game states. And it's because Arteta's style is so fluid. It's so interchangeable. It creates such an unpredictability about our attack that it creates a lot of goal-scoring opportunities to, to kind of undermine the opposition's strategy to defend against us. Um, and, and that's a really kind of high level of coaching that, you know, it's difficult uh, if you're not, you know, well-versed in edges and stuff like that. I'm not. So, you know, I don't attempt to try and understand kind of the different movements and stuff. But it's very, very, you know, technical levels of coaching that Arteta is delivering to these players. And I think also some people need to get over is the kind of the best 11 thing that we do all mm -hmm. the time. I don't care for best 11s anymore. You know, we had a best 11 last season because we had about 11, 12, maybe 13 competitive players. But this season, we're looking at trying to get around 18 
competitive players. Yeah. So there is no best lineup. There is just the best team, team. to win a game. Yeah, the best team to win a game. Yeah, is, is the way I put it. It's, and you will, and we will see changes depending on opponents. Someone asked me earlier, well, we're bringing in Timber if we were going to start if we were going to play Man City tomorrow. You know, would Timber play? And I said, well, it depends if a if you're at home to Man City or if you're away to Man City because I think that makes changes. I think even though Zinchenko is probably my best team, I might not start him against City because I might start Tomiyasu or Kivior at left back to kind of mm. be a little bit more defensively rigid. So I think it's all about, you know, interpreting a, a squad of its capabilities, not an 11 uh, in that sense. So I'm very excited to see what Arteta can do with this. But yeah, it's it's not set in stone in any way. So real quick, just to touch on that before we move on, um, the injuries too, because it's not a guarantee that once preseason starts, Tomiyasu will be ready, Zinchenko will be ready, and Saliba will be ready, let alone like it's a short, just a short sprint between now and August, guys. What's the word on the street with those injuries? Do we do we know at this point, Tom, at all on those three? Not really, um, but we should find out relatively soon. Um, a, because the players returned to training this week. So mm-hmm. Saliba didn't play for France, obviously, and uh, Tommy Asu didn't play for Japan, although he was spotted, I think, in Japan um, over the break. If they are involved in training, obviously that gives you the best indication. Arteta, when he spoke at the end of last season, basically said it would kind of be touch and go with both about pre-season. And they weren't really sure at that stage whether or not it would develop. I think they've given Saliba, they they try, because obviously the situation, if Arsenal were going, say, if Arsenal had eight games left and we were kind of, you know, guaranteed top four, but too far from the title, I think they would have ruled out Saliba for the rest of the season, to be honest, and just Mm. kind of said it. But because there was so much on the line, they were just trying to wait and see if they could push him to get involved. And I think that if, you know, if nothing was really on the line and top four was basically there, I don't think, I think they would have ruled him out immediately. And so I think what they've done is, is this period, they've just said like, just rest. You just need to rest, recuperate the back issue because back issues are so, you know, tricky to to kind of deal with and see how they evolve so it's difficult to know but Arteta seemed to think that both of them could have a chance to play in pre-season but we'll know more in the next week or two okay um, before I'm sorry Solf I do think they were were out in Spain training with Saliba Tommy and Vieira was Vieira there Martinelli was there and stuff like Mm. that so again another player that was injured so they're all the players that have had issues yeah Yeah, the injured players were together so they're all together so not sure how far along the recovery route they are but Mm. they all seem to be in pretty good nick so fingers crossed Um, yeah that was a good picture wasn't it to see them all um together as well yeah. Okay. So before we go to outgoings, I just want to get your take on anyone else coming through. Um, one of the players that we talked about last time you were here, Tom, was uh, the young Southampton player who seems to be destined for Liverpool. And were we really that interested? And including him, anyone else, any runs going on? Um. The interest in Lavia exists, that there is an interest in the player. They've scouted him for a long time. They appreciate him. They've liked him. But there's nothing gone beyond the personal side with the player. You know, you know I've been saying on the channel for a while like uh, that there's never been kind of a conversation between Arsenal and Southampton. Now, some people might say, and if you want to get a really good insight into how transfers work, I'd recommend going and watching James McNicholas uh, Gunner Blog's video on how transfers work. And kind of he talks about this in that you're not supposed to speak to a player before you've kind of got the go-ahead from a club. 
but it's kind of one of those unwritten things that everyone does anyway because you kind of unofficially sound players out to find out if they've got an interest whether it's worth even making a bid or approaching things you might want to get kind of a a ballpark of players wages you might want to find out um as i say how interested they are in potentially moving and whether or not you think you can afford them things like that and certainly on the players side there's been discussions but there's never been kind of a, a movement towards uh, the club. And I think that that's a lot to do with Thomas Partey and Thomas Partey's situation. And, you know, there's been suggestions he could leave. Juventus said to have interest. Saudi Arabian clubs are said to have interest. Mm. And there's said to be figures going around the 30 to 40 million euro mark for him. Um, and I think that Arsenal are kind of just have a list of centre mids, if you like, that they have on their books if they lose Partey, that they will move for someone. Now, the problem we have with Lavia is that, you know, Lavia isn't bound to what happens with Partey because other clubs have interests in him. So Liverpool have a very active interest in him and it looks that they're leading the race at the moment. If Partey was to suddenly leave tomorrow, I'm sure Arsenal would then maybe step up their interest. But at this moment in time, there's been nothing, you know, regarding the, the, the club side of things. Super Kev, are you concerned... Um... By the way, another terrible example of a dude's absolute garbage business as a director of football getting a close to 22 million for uh, this fella. Um, Kev, before we talk about that, are you worried of Xhaka and Partey both leaving? Or are you confident enough with the talent that's coming in? What's your take on that? That's a genuine concern for some fans. And, and rightly so. Uh, look, um, these guys are, are our, probably our most experienced guys, um, elder statesmen of the team. Um, but we run out of steam with them, in it. That's the other problem, you see, Sophie. It's great. It's great that they've 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 got experience and stuff. But when you mm -hmm. actually break it down, and you know, we talk about being ruthless. We've got to be ruthless. If we are ruthless, we have to look at, okay, so what do we need to get us over the line? We need more legs. We need more legs. And Thomas Party can get about the pitch, but we spoke about it. That position, just that holding one alone, has to get through so much work that in the end, the, the, the poor fellow was absolutely gone come the end of the season. Xhaka started to pick up a little bit of injuries. But again, when it really mattered, we couldn't get over the line with them. So if we can't get over the line with them now, maybe Mikel's thinking, Do you know what? That's the one positions where I need to make that younger, fitter, stronger. But if you notice, Havertz is very experienced. Not saying he's experienced as these guys, but he's played at the top. He's won a Champions League. He's a German international. He's only 24 years old. Declan Rice has been a captain. He's been a linchpin in the middle of the pitch. He's, his stats are first for, you know, interceptions and all that kind of thing. So, realistically, you're looking at upgrades. But it's not necessarily like for like. We need to strengthen. So, Jack are leaving. We, uh, we still need one more in. If Thomas Partey goes, we still need another one in. So, again, have we upgraded a bit? Yeah, but... If players are going to leave, we need to replace them because we need a stronger stronger team and squad in depth. Tom, 
it is a concern, no? And I know there's been other players linked, and I don't know if they're Barry's asking the question, as are many about you and many, and those seem like are they realistic targets? It just doesn't seem to me. And we've always said build, build, build. I understand, you know, Xhaka was always the one on the cards to leave. Partey, one that maybe has taken some fans by surprise. Um, but are you concerned? Um, yeah, I think that if you are adding rice to Xhaka and Partey, great, you're set, you know, for next season. Mm. Um, but moving them on, and look, I, I'm not saying that it's a criticism of the club letting Xhaka go because, to be honest, from my perspective, I don't think Xhaka had any interest in being a player that was going to get less minutes, you know, with someone coming in with Havertz coming. I actually think that Havertz, you know, is probably going to be Martin Odegaard's partner, you know, next season in, in mm -hmm. kind of playing ahead of Rice, um, for instance, or ahead of Partey in some games. We talk about game by game scenarios. But um, so I think there's an element of if Xhaka and Partey go, I think Rice and, and Havertz in are kind of like for likes in, in, in just a numbers sense, not a stylistic sense. So maybe just one more would would be enough because you've still got Smith Rowe and Vieira that could potentially play where Havertz is going to play on that left uh, eight ten hybrid role, and you've got um, Jorginho, you've got Jorginho, Rice, El Nenny um, in that position, and I think maybe you add one more and that gives you competition. Um, so I think that's key. Mm. I also think you know that Zinchenko offers you an option um, in midfield as a starter as well. Uh, so you could argue that he's there. And still, despite suggestions that Charlie Patino will be leaving permanently, there's been no movement on that yet. Um, I haven't had an update on that in about a week or so. And the last time I spoke to someone close to the player, they said that, that there wasn't an update, just that you know a permanent exit is possible this summer. So there's clearly been no um, movement uh, as from, you know, there might have been the last week and I've not chased it up yet, but there's there was no movement at that point and there's been no noise on an exit. So... I think one more is is key. You have to bring look. What's the Lavia of the one is intriguing because I was chatting to Elliot of the Arsenal Vision podcast, him on TGT, and he raised an important point that if you bring Lavia in as a 19 year old midfielder who needs to play, I'm not sure that he does play. Even though we talk about rotation, that's that's a player that's not necessarily guaranteed to get you know loads of minutes for a player in an age bracket where they need to be playing regularly. So suggesting that, that that was the right move. You know, he's a talented kid. And if he plays regularly, I think you're going to get loads from him. And maybe there's more chance to play at Liverpool than there is at Arsenal right now in the midfield. So maybe it's on Arsenal to go and find something. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, say a loan is, is out of the question in that area if they don't think that the profile is out there. And that's fine. You know, I think that it's really important to point out sometimes that sometimes you shouldn't sign a player for the sake of signing a player. You know, you shouldn't fill a spot if you're filling the spot with who you feel is not the best person for the job in an investment sense. And so if you want to move for a low move for a player, that is fine. That is absolutely fine. You see big clubs do it all the time. And you look who Bayern Munich brought in in, in January. He's Raul Cancelo, a world-class fullback, was brought in during that window. You know, so it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that happens. We know that they tried to get Gundogan in. They made an offer to him as well. So that was another player they they tried to move for. But in the end, you know, he preferred to move to Barcelona. I think that was probably to do with his legacy in the English game more than anything else. Um, so it's it's a tough one. I still think that I think what we agree on unanimously is we need another player in the midfield. Um, but that if we fail to do so, I think it would potentially be leaving us again a bit short if both Partey and Xhaka were to leave. Yeah.
I I just uh, hope that we're not going into a season where we're relying on El Neni to be a, um, a Jorginho, I get. And maybe I think we forget about Jorginho a little bit, a little bit of disrespect mm. there maybe, but I think mm. a player that's going to come right, in right. handy in those Champions League group stage games, um, Kev and Tom especially. And, you know, Lavia is definitely a player that can come in. I hope we don't throw away the domestic uh, cup competitions. I kind of don't want to hear any excuses for that next season. Um, and, you know, the narrative's already building, Kev. It's Sophie, we are in win-now mode. It's that simple. We've got to win now. There's no messing around. We've got to be that team. We were up there challenging on every front. That's why if you buy Lavia, he's going to get game time. Mm -hmm. We need the squad. And we've got to be able to move and shake the squad in and out of Champions League, Premier League, League Cup, FA Cup. That's what we're going to have to be able to do. We're going to have to move the pieces around. And if Manchester City can do it, that's what we're going to have to do. Keep everybody fresh. Keep everybody at it because it's at the end is where it caught up with us. And City just looked, just run away with it in the end. Mm -hmm. And that's where we lack. So we can't go hammer on tongue all the time. We've got to be able to move and shake that squad. So it's win now mode for Mikel and the boys. It's definitely um, a win now mode as well is definitely American sports culture uh, vibe. Uh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. And you can see, by the way, uh, just looking forward to all of the um, cronky out folks um, over the next few weeks as we talk about the owners as well. My internet is rubbish today, by the way. So if I'm cutting in and out, there's nothing I can do about it. They're working on the street uh, and they're doing some bits and bobs. Um, Tom, let's talk about more outgoings because, you know, if the window ended today in terms of our business, I would be stoked with the business um, on the proviso that Tommy Asu is coming back from his injury. Well, Saliba, uh, Zinchenko, um, you know, we've got our dynamic uh, players up front, uh, maybe a gap in midfield, fine. However, outgoings, when mm. are we getting rid of the rest of the riffraff? What's happening? Yeah, obviously the Xhaka thing we, we talked about. And by the way, £21 million is a lot of money. Um, done very well there, you know got to give credit where it's due you know we can criticize Eddie for his sales when they're not good enough but you've got to give praise when they are and that is a very good sale um from Arsenal's perspective if you think about it in one way how long has he been here since 2016 seven years I think he's been at the club and you've managed to recruit more than half of what you bought him for it's a brilliant bit of business mm. by Arsenal um so yeah very good indeed on that sense um other and a good time outgoing... for him to go a good time for him to leave yeah. on this note you know yeah Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Tinney's gone very quiet. You know, there's been no update on that since at all so far. Things can change very quickly, of course. Um, Newcastle have just had, you know, confirmed their big summer signing of, of Tonali coming in. They, they've wanted an improvement at left back. We might now see movement in that sense. But so far, there's been no suggestion that uh, an approach or kind of a bid or further talks have happened with Tierney. So he remains a little bit in limbo at the moment. Um, moving kind of into other defenders, Rob Holding has had an offer from Besiktas. Um, interestingly, that was reported. No, there's been no decision on that yet, um, kind of whether or not that would happen. I think from an Arsenal point of view, 
it's not <laughs> Tammy's not a fan. Um, no, she's but not. It's not, <laughs> it's not kind of a, a deal that I think Arsenal would have wanted. Um, a loan is not what you want for holding. You know, you want to kind of just you want to get the money in at this, this moment in time. You're not going to get loads. Um, it's the reality. Arsenal are very open to selling. He's got a couple of years left on his contract and he's not played all that regularly in the Premier League. So you're not going to get a big, big fee. Um, but I think Arsenal will want to try and sell uh, where possible in regards to to him. Uh, we've talked a bit about Partey already, but that's gone quite, quite. I wouldn't expect anything on that until a little bit later on in July, potentially. Uh, and then other midfielders, uh, there's not really anyone else in the midfield other than youth players like Patino. But again, I've touched on that. We haven't heard much of that whatsoever. Lukonga did an interview with, I think it was... Um, uh, it was an Asian uh, YouTube channel uh, that he did an interview with and he basically kind of admitted to wanting to move to where he's going to play. Um, so he was quite outspoken on that. I'm very clear about that. So Burnley have been the team that looked most likely to get in with that link right. to Vincent Company. Um, and I think that it's most likely that he will leave probably on loan, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Arsenal could have got a fee, they probably would have taken it. Um, and the same goes for Nuno Tavares. There's been suggestions of West Ham being interested. There's been suggestions of Galatasaray being interested. Um, but again, low fees or loans for these players. And I- I've said this before, I can't be that critical of the club because at the end of the day, these are players that aren't going to get your big fees. They're not going to command that much interest. And these were also players like Tavares and Lakonga that were brought in you know, as kind of depth options. Yeah. Projects, weren't they? Projects. And and look, clubs do that. Not every signing is going to be a major success at the end of the day. And sometimes players just don't suit. You know, we all moaned about the Willian deal. We went off and played for Fulham last season and was brilliant for Fulham. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes, ironically, players just don't work in some situations. Um, And for Tavares and Lakonga, they were projects, as Kev says, rightly, and we'll move them on and we might get other projects in you know in the future we might see a, a look Tavares was seven million quid it was kind of a deal when you needed a left back that you couldn't really say no to at the time it was worth bringing in right. and there was times where he looked quite good as well so yeah on the exit front that's kind of where we're at Marquinhos as well they're still having discussions about what they want to do with him people forget about Marquinhos I know but uh yeah I, I don't see a future for him unfortunately it's because it's win now mode isn't it the, the season last season really moved that needle up. We can't we can't yeah. mess around anymore. We've got nope. to be serious. Nope. Oh, Pepe as well. I didn't talk about Pepe. Uh, yeah. No update. <laughs> no, no update no on Pepe. Yeah. yeah, I may have to drive him somewhere myself. <laughs> um, offer, you know, something. It's uh, crazy. Wants, that is... But, but so if he wants wow. to talk to Mikel Arteta about what... <laughs> What? So, what kind of talks? He, he, he was very positive, weren't he, about Arteta? Yeah, to see if yeah. he could be involved. Because he knows nobody else wants him. Yeah, I don't, I, I, that's an interview. He's not even getting an op- someone that's not got many offers. <laughs> he's not <laughs> even getting an offer from yet. Saudi. I mean, he's not even getting an offer from Saudi. Yeah. I mean, it's really bad, poor Pepe. Um, but you know what? Talk about learn a lesson. My goodness, They're, that's one you have to write off as a bad debt isn't it? Um, there are a few of those, no doubt about it. Listen, this is, we're cooking. This is, I tell you something, I was very relaxed on my vacay because the Arsenal Football Club allowed that to happen. And you know what, Tom, September 1, we still have quite a way to go. Are we done before we let you go tonight and we wrap up with Super Kev? Are we done? Are we done? 
I'd be shocked if we're done. Um, I'd be shocked if we don't sign anyone else after Rice and, and Timber. Um, yeah, look, Arsenal have always got a surprise up their sleeve. Um, there's there's always things behind the scenes that are going on. You know, you know, I like my iceberg analogy. You know, we see a little bit what's on the surface in this and we hear about what's on the surface. And, you know, sometimes you get little bits of what's going on down below. But uh, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Um, but uh, <laughs> regarding kind of that analogy, I think that certainly we're, there, there's potential for movement. I think, as I say, it's, a lot of it's predicated on who leaves. You know, if, if it's to be Rice, Havertz and, um, and Timber, Timber, fine. But that means that Balogun, Partey and Tierney can't go. You know, if, if they're going to be the three we sign, you have to keep Balogun, Partey and Tierney. So I think it, a lot is predicated on on who leaves. But in terms of signings, woof is what I would say to that. Yeah, woof, woof. Oh, very quickly, just on Havertz, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Anyone that's writing this guy off, anyone that says it's a bad signing, anyone that says he's terrible and we've made a big mistake, you're very brave. That's all I would say. You're very brave to put your, your hat on that post that quickly. Um, you know, I'm very much on the line of saying it's a big risk. We've taken a very big risk and a very expensive risk, but you're very brave if you're writing him off at this stage, especially considering the manager we have and what he's capable of at turning people's careers around. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Yeah, I look forward to uh, a little Kai Havertz in the conversation as player of the season next year. Uh, that's uh, I'm going to do our bold predictions closer Double to the time. Goals. Yeah, definitely. Mr. Tom Canton, I do believe you have an appointment with something oh, very important. There's something very on. Important. I think there's something on telly in there. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's something on TV. <laughs> well, listen, thanks for joining for another Spin Sticks. We'll see you in a couple Cheers, of weeks. Tom. We appreciate you, Tom. Thanks very much. And uh, we'll Pleasure. see you at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Take care. Indeed. Have a good Cheers, one, guys. Tom. See you later. Thanks, mate. Take care. See you. All right, Tom Canton from the Guna Talk TV joining us. Uh, we gave it all to you and we saved the best till last. My podcast brother, Super Kev, missed you. Really missed you. Yeah, don't go anywhere. I'm not leaving because we're going to get Kev's take on everything now. No, I've um, given my take. <laughs> I want to get your take on one thing. That's all before we go. I've been waiting. One thing, okay. Super Kev, up front, okay. Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, Havertz, Odegaard, Rice. Are we going to go? Are we doing a? You said three cent. Are we doing a four three three? Three? Are we doing a what? What? Yeah, that, well, that's how we normally set up, right? Four yeah. three three. That's how we start, and then we. It can go. It can go four three whatever because people are just pushed up. Um. Do you know why I mentioned last season, Sophie, that we're not ruthless enough? I've said this many a time. You look at Man City, you go to Man City, before you blink, you're 3-0 down. Game's over. We dominated a lot of teams last season at home in the first half. And the teams, a lot of the teams were still in the game. They were still in the game. Mm -hmm. We need to be 3-0 up cruising so we can make changes second half. You know, a couple of those games, we conceding goals in the first minute of the game. This this is the type of stuff that can't be happening. We've got to have that ruthlessness about us. And I think Mikel Arteta looking at us, he's probably analysed it and thought, I see it. We've got to get better in that midfield 
moving forward. Mm-hmm. And he's gone for it. He's gone for it. Getting a Havertz. Listen, I think Chelsea in the end, was it 90 million that they, with add-ons that they paid for Havertz? He's, he's, a talented, he's a talented player. And yeah, it didn't quite work out for him in a sense at Chelsea. But, you know, he's, he's in their folklore. He scored the winning goal in the Champions League final. He's a big game player, etc. And I don't look at him at Chelsea. I look at him in our team, him getting the yeah. opportunities, him getting the opportunities with the players we've got. I think he's going to do great. Yeah. I think you'll definitely get double figures, so definitely. I'm excited. I am. And Kev, really quickly, a shout out to Emil Smith Rowe, um, who's been doing well uh, this he's been this doing summer with the under 21s. My old mate Lee Carsley's the, the manager of the under 21s, and they're in, what is it? They're in the semi final now, mm-hmm. and uh, they played in the group. They played Israel. They beat Israel two 0 So. You know, fingers crossed that they can make it to the final and win it because that would be so good for Emil Smith Rowe, keeping keeping his fitness up as well, and then hopefully he can come back and you know come back into preseason and and really show what he can do because he's another wonderful player who needs needs game time, but he's gonna have to be when he's when he gets his chance, he's gonna have to be ready. So, Sophie. Am I right in saying happy birthday to f- following Balogun, by the way? It's his birthday yeah, today. I was going to mention it when Alexi was on, but he I couldn't get a word in edgeways. No, you him. couldn't get a word in edgeways. <laughs> <laughs> it is Balogun's birthday yeah, today. Yeah, happy so birthday to him. Happy know. birthday to him. And Super Kev, real quick, um, we we joked a little, but Xhaka on his way out, and it, it is the right way to end it. And, you know, we always want to show, you know, despite – whether things were ugly, happy or sad, whoever wears the Arsenal shirt, maybe other than Andre Santos, you know, we say goodbye and with fondness. And, um, you know, Xhaka gave us the season that he deserved last season. And you know what? We got money for him. And I'm stoked for the club about that. Really stoked. Well, you know what, so when, when you have a good season like Arsenal did and like Xhaka did, your value goes up because... Other teams value who you are and what you can do. And if we're honest, the season before, like I said, Mourinho was taking the mickey. He offered 13 million, then he offered nine. 13, yeah. he's, taking, he's taking the Michael. So have a good season. Granite Xhaka, I held my hand up. He surprised me. He was unbelievable last season. But if you're ruthless and you win now mode, we couldn't get over the line with you, Granite. And you know, we know you want to play every game because that's the type of character you are. You won't play every game. So, Granite, rightfully, listen, no problem. I'll go somewhere where I'm going to play. So, yeah, you know, fair play to him. We wish him well. Really we good do. character. And, um, you know, there was obviously just the one unsavory incident that that kind of blighted his career a little bit at Arsenal. Well, not a little bit, a lot, to be fair, according to me back then. But, Hey, listen, he goes with all our blessing and we wish him well. Definitely. Well, um, well, yeah, I mean, by the way, we'll always have LA Granite. There we were. We had that moment. I knew why he was made captain. That was under Emery's Arsenal, by the way. Um, so, yeah, yeah Granite, thank you. It was one of five, wasn't he? Yeah. Also, five everyone camp- I take 
everyone I take pictures with is just like a giant. Um, and yeah, but no, I'm actually tiny. And thank you, Newman, for the warning. But no, thank you. But I've got that covered. That's it. That's all we got time for. What a bounce back. What a time to come back, hey? We gave you Alexi Lalas talking Arsenal, giving you his thoughts on Balogun, the Arsenal's importance of coming here, how excited people are in America to see how Gunners play soccer. It's going to be some good stuff. And, of course, Tom Canton uh, with his spend stick sell coming at uh, you bi-weekly here at Squad Central. Plenty of stuff to come. Super Kev, what you got? Oh, can I ask you a question? Yes. I'll ask you a question and I'll ask the squaddies. What would you say if the interest in Tremeni is real? I would take this. You know, when they... I would take this thing and I would drop it and I'd just buy another one. Would be... Wait, are you telling us it's real? No, I, I'm asking the question. What would you do? What would you say if, the, if it's real? Because... Uh, well, wow is number one. Uh, get a do a new barbecue immediately. <laughs> That's funny. Marcus says that would be a great signing. Potentially, they're knocking on the door. Um, yeah. I mean, it's Kev. Is that, is that, is that, are we, okay, you know what? I mean, we signed Declan Rice. For 105 and don't give everyone we're going to do the other show kev and i will talk about this but the last two years all i've heard of is he's the best midfielder he's the greatest thing he's a legend he's bobby Moore. he's this he's that we sign him and he's like have they spent too much money did arsenal overpay <laughs> he's not as good as this one he's not as good as that one the hate is real gooners the hate of us is real this is, uh, this is, you're getting them all excited now, Kev. So they're, they're going into like, you know, um, crazy, crazy mode. That is, I believe the club could make that signing now because I've seen them sign Declan Rice and I've seen them sign. And it's true what Tom Canton said. The Timber signing is so under the radar because of the Declan Rice signing. But if you were to ask sensible football fans who they would want, he would be, in everyone, in every fan's top five signing for um, the summer transfer, Jack, you name it, whatever transfer window, this guy is He could play legit. any team, any team at the top, any top team. I'm so excited about him, Kev. I'm really trying to contain my excitement because it's only the first day back. So, I'm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know what, so... Arsenal have made a statement already, but I want them to force it on. I mean, that with would a, be the icing on the cake. signing. Icing on the cake, cherry on top, you know. Um, it would be amazing. We've been on vacation. We took a few days off. In fact, not even two weeks, by the way. We missed one Monday Madness. One. One. And, and we weren't supposed to be on today because we were supposed to be on next week. <laughs> and Super Kev, he said, well, I asked and he said, I couldn't wait no, anymore. So Sophie, Sophie got cold feet. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't resist it. Come on, Sophie, tell the truth. It's so Sophie true. Was, she, okay. was miss, 
Squad issue was missing you too much. I said, but I told them the 3rd of July and it's like, I know. Get what you told them. Let them wait. Let them wait. <laughs> if it's the two week, I missed two Mondays. She wouldn't have it. She wouldn't have it. No. But anyway, um, we're not going to be back every day, so don't get too excited. But there's a lot to talk about. We'll definitely be doing Monday's show. Kev will join whenever he's around. Hopefully, he will get his vacation time too. Uh, I will be visiting tomorrow, people. Hold your horses. Tomorrow's a massive game. It's July 4th. It's LAFC versus LA Galaxy at the Rose Bowl. And I have the opportunity to have a conversation with, as part of the Soccer Champions Tour that is coming that the Arsenal are playing in, Roberto Carlos, Franco Baresi, Super Kev, and our very own Gilberto. Um, so that is going to be fun tomorrow. Uh, I'll be hanging out with some legends down at the Rose Bowl. So I'll let you know how that goes. In this in esteem company, I like that. They'll be in esteem company, your company. <laughs> Squad right, company. Super Kev, take us out. All right, then. Listen, everyone. Sophie couldn't resist you, so she brought us back. And Barry <laughs> says, Wow, legends. Yeah, Sophie is a legend. Alexi Lalas is a legend. Tom Canton is a legend. And I'm Super Kev, so I'm all right. So, listen, let me just tell you this, right? Squaddies, we asked the question at the end of the season. Sophie and I said it's going to be important how we move in the once the window opens. Arsenal have moved so fast to secure. I can't wait for the pictures this week, unveiling of the players and all that. It's going to come this week. Listen, let's get ready. We got a, we, we got another title run to go for we've got to go for another title we've got to do it so with better players with a deeper squad gives us a better chance right we know everybody else is going to restock but we're the arsenal and we need to be in the shake-up of everything and champions league football back at the carpet as well so on that note squaddies great to see you Great to be back and, and to, to, to tell you we missed you and we love you. And make sure you tell your loved ones you love them. Never forget that. So on that note, Sof, I will salute you all and say at ease, squaddies. At ease. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad.